You got it? I got it. Okay. Welcome to Shabbatify. All right, Basi, will you welcome us in? Shalom, yes, for sure. Shalom Aleichem, Mahalachem Yashamim, Mahalachem Wow, so lovely, so beautiful. I want to express a lot of gratitude for this being our second Shabbatify. Actually, Basia, it's Thanksgivingify. Oh my God, how did you pronounce that? I had that? to practice it about four <laughs> times. <laughs> I could never have done that. Anyways, this is Shabbatify, Roman with Brooklyn's Shabbat podcast, Defeat in the Zoom, um, using the technology of the past um, for the spirituality of right now. Um, uh, this is Scott Perla. I'm here with my partner, Basia Schechter. Basia, how are you? Thank God. Baruch Hashem. I am okay. I am okay. Well, as we step into Thanksgiving, let's start with a little gratitude. Hodu in Hebrew. This is Idan Reichel and his musical partner. Vu Farkature. Which I could have not pronounced, although I'm sure he's a lovely, <laughs> an amazing musician, lovely <laughs> human being. Um, amazing, actually. <laughs> playing their song, Hodu. Catacatomotor, 
So beautiful, so beautiful, so simple. Just the piano and the kora, which is a very beautiful West African instrument, string, kind of harp-like, and plucked. So beautiful. Hmm. You know, I think speaking of simplicity, what's amazing about this is this is a simple line from the Psalms: Be grateful to Hashem, because God's compassion lasts forever. But what's interesting about it is that there's no parallel in the English language. For the word hodu, um, we don't have a way to say to people uh, where gratitude is an action. I think this gives us something to think about and something to do um, during this season, this Thanksgiving week season. It's like, really, what is our Thanksgiving action that we want to put into process at this time? Mm-hmm. So I have a favorite monk. Did I ever tell you this? Um, not yet. I know it's, I probably should have kept it secret, but his name is uh, David Stendhal Rask. He's a Benedictine monk and he's a master of gratitude, very well known around the world. And one of the things that he says, I think, is about sort of the action of gratitude. So this is from his interview with Krista Tippin on being. We all know from experience that moments in which this gratitude wells up in our heart are experienced first as if something were filling up within us. Filling with joy, really, but not yet articulate. And then it comes to a point where the heart overflows and we sing and we thank somebody. And for that, I like a different term. And then I call that Thanksgiving. And this idea of a vessel that is still inarticulate until it overflows, that is also a very helpful in another way. It's like the bowl of a fountain when it fills up 
and it's very quiet and still. And then when it overflows, it starts to make noise and it sparkles and ripples down. And that is really when the joy comes to itself, so to say, when it is articulate. It's beautiful. Um, there's uh, an experience I had with um, Chef of Gold one time, 5 a.m. in Colorado at Aleph um, conference for the smicha ceremonies. And there was an out, there's an outdoor pool and an outdoor hot tub. And I would often be there at 5 a.m. And one morning, Chef Gold was there. In the steam of the of the hot tub, she would just be, she was just singing Modani. And I was like, I don't know that Modani. She goes, I don't either. I sing a new Modani every morning. Every morning it wells up in me, this gratitude. And it, and it, and it encourages me. It spills out of me in song. And she actually has something on her website where she ha she shares these different snippets of Modaanis that she writes and she sings and she explains. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is amazing, and maybe this is something that can feed into our Torah, is that what happens is what he's talking about is this process by which your heart is quietly filled, filling, 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 filling until full, and then it overflows into your mouth and you sing. Yeah. You know, and that's the Jewish way. Like when Yaakov says, Manorah HaMakomazeh, he too also has this like overflowing moment. But it, it is almost a song. It is. When you hear those words, they are a song. Right. But, but gratitude, like Jewish gratitude is a singing gratitude. Like, have you ever heard of an idea of which Jews say, hey, I thank you very much. And I'm cool. like, we don't do it that way. Like we make songs. Like Seder, like, like two hours longer. Cause we have to, you know, we have to sing our gratitude. Totally. And thank God we're renewal because we do that now in 30 seconds with Brech Rachamana. That's not always my experience of renewal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we take a 30-second song and we make it five minutes. And then there's like four hours of hugging. <laughs> so, <Or> like... <laughs> fair. That is fair. <laughs> and there's just something, this idea about the act of gratitude that like makes me feel like Brother Dave, uh, David Sendel Rass really gets us. Yes, he really gets us. And it allows the gratitude to be something that brings us closer. Yeah, to that end, this is from Bati Levine's new album, Karov. Uh, the track is called Ishtadlis, which means effort. Not really a good translation for this one. But um, I just want to say that I think this effort is worthwhile. This album is just pretty much everything that Batia and her compatriots are doing is just beautiful. All right, Ishtadlis.
tune. I think the idea of Ishtadla's personal effort fits beautifully into the beginning of this Parsha where Jacob is running away from his brother Esav. And I think from now on, he's going to have to start using his own Ishtadlas. He's going to have his own personal effort. He's going to be putting things in in that way. He uh, finds a spot to sleep on his journey um, and he puts a rock under his head and he has this incredible famous dream, the Jacob's ladder dream, where a ladder extends from the earth down to the heaven, up to the heavens. And the angels are Olim v'yordim, going up and going down. And God promises Jacob, I will be with you always. Um, Roger Kamenetz has this beautiful book called, um, the history of last night's dream, where he explores the, idea of dream interpretation and dream experience throughout <clears throat> from the time of biblical times to the present and the kind of dream work that he does. And he says about this moment, he unpacks it, he says, of all the characters in Genesis, only Jacob seems to see God. And when he wakes from the dream, he looks around in awe. The very rocks he laid his head on, the ground at his feet, all have been transformed. How awesome is this place, he says. For this, yeah, Manorahama he says, for this is the place of God. For the moment, the dream has transformed his reality instead of the other way around. Wow, the idea of a dream transforming a reality, the idea that when you wake up, you see everything differently. The rock is not the same rock. The dust is not the same dust. The sky is not the same sky. Yeah, and this word, no ra, wonder or awe, right, is something that, I don't know, maybe you just have to live through it in order to able to understand it. When you wake up and everything is the same but radically different, I mean, it's a word that rewrites destiny. It's really in this moment in the Torah is one of my all-time like top 10 like favorite moments. The Jacob's Ladder has is, is stayed with me for a long time. And I think it's, it's, it's just, it animates everything that we think about in terms of, in terms of journey and in terms of having spiritual experience in terms of being on the road and having access to a different, 
a different kind of um, reception, receptivity to the world around you, nature and subconscious. I think you're right. And I think that one of the things is that, you know, we forget, you know, from the taxes and the kids or the busy and the so on and so forth, we, we both forget the, the awesome experiences that we've had in the past and also don't have the time to prepare for the awesome now, the wonderness of now. And I think that one of the things that Jacob has, because he's in this liminal space, you know, he's leaving for, for difficult reasons, but a person can also choose to leave into wonder and to be prepared for wonder to have your whole world rewritten because of what you find when you wake up in the morning. One of the names for God, by the way, is the place, Hamakom, like Amanora Hamakom Hazeh. So uh, this is an old friend of mine, Hillel Tigay's beautiful Baruch Hamakom. Oh, Israel. 
Wow, hello Tige from Ikar, Baruch HaMakom, blessed is the place. Wonderful, wonderful, darling. It's really beautiful. I think the idea, the ability to bless the place, the ability to be in a place of blessing is something that really is um, alive for me in the words of Abraham Joshua Heschel. Um, he has a book. Wonder, you know, that's his the, the big thing about. I was just about to say that. Were you? <laughs> it's <laughs> the, whole, the book is called "Ask for Wonder," and there's um this beautiful introduction that's written by um by Samuel Dresner. Um, actually, it's a father of Hannah Dresner. I went to school with at Aleph. I know we were talking about Aleph before. And uh, Sam was visiting Heschel after he was pretty sick, pretty soon before he died. And and Heschel's speaking and he's kind of strained and he's really tired and he's barely like, he's barely like animated. He says, Sam, when I regained consciousness, my first feelings were not of despair or anger. I felt only gratitude to God for my life, for every moment I had lived. I was ready to depart. Take me, O oh Lord, I thought. I have seen so many miracles in my lifetime. Exhausted by the effort, he paused for a moment and then added, That is what I meant when I wrote in the preface of the Yiddish poems. I did not ask for success. I asked for wonder. And you gave it to me. And I think what's so incredible here is that that link between gratitude and awe, that idea that gratitude can lead us to a place of awe. And the other way around, that we can be in a place of just radical amazement, of wonder in real, like, like the way we can see the world through our children's eyes, our three-year-olds, our four-year-olds, and from that place be able to express our gratitude. You know, what links the two of them together is that they're world-altering. Mm. What makes wonder and gratitude so powerful is that they can rewrite your reality, both of them. The world that you went to sleep the night before into is not the same world that you wake up to into in the morning. And, you know, people who do this, people who practice positive psychology and have life altering vision quests and even go to 12 step programs and start doing gratitude practices every day or simply daven. Right, know the experience of saying words of gratitude and having the world look entirely different. So one of the things that we just have to recognize, I think, is the power of Nora and of Hodaya, right? The power of wonder and of gratitude. Amen. And I think um, we also have to honor the power of physical nourishment of food. And I think this brings us into our Shabbat pot segment of the week. Do we have a guest to bring us? <laughs> Hello. Hi, mom. Hi, Scott. How you doing? <laughs> well, you're live on the radio. How are you? Oh, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> So Basia is here with oh. me. Hello. Yeah. So Happy the... Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you too. And Shabbat. And Shabbat. Yeah. 
Mom, we wanted to call you for our for our Shabbat pod segment uh, because uh, you're uh, you're a master soup maker. So I wanted to um, talk to you about turning uh, turkey leftovers. You know, I did remember I did that that one year. Turn turkey the the turkey bones into uh, turkey soup afterwards. You certainly did. Yeah. Okay. So uh, can you give us your your general chicken soup philosophy, and then we'll modify it a little bit for Thanksgiving? I'd be happy to. It's just really, I think it's really good. So, um, you know, if you're going to use the turkey carcass and the meat that's left on it, you can put that in a big pot of water. But add, I would put, depending upon how big your turkey is, I'd put one to two kind of chunked up onions. I would put um, four or five nice big carrots. You can just chunk them, peel them and chunk them up. I would put about half a dozen stalks of celery. And I also put one or two nice big parsnip. Peel them like a carrot and chunk them. Yeah, to give it some depth. Yeah. I, yeah, and then I, um, it really helps. And then I put, uh, uh, you know, 10, 12 whole peppercorns. Now, when I'm, for kosher, I don't add the salt until later because the meat tends to be, the bones tend to be all salted anyways. If I wait on the salt, I don't add it until later on when I'm tasting the soup. But the big surprise is, depending upon how much, how big your turkey is and how much soup you're making, I will put anywhere between three to six schlanken, short ribs. They usually come in a package of like three, bone on. They must be bone on and you put that into the soup and then you just bring the water to cover. Don't go too much more because then you'll end up having to cook it off in order to get a rich enough flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same. I mean, you, your golden rule is that like the water should only cover what's in the pot. But what I find with a turkey carcass is sometimes you have to sort of break it in half or so that it doesn't, yeah. so that you're not adding too much water to the recipe. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because if you add too much water, I mean, you, you end up with too watery of a soup. The more bone and chicken, and turkey meat that's left on there, the richer the soup, a little less water. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's much it. Well, when you're when you're cooking chicken soup, by the way, how do you season? I mean, you're very simple, straightforward with your seasonings with this. I mean, classic I kind know. of stuff. But how do you season your chicken soups? Okay, so, well... Um, I just find that the, the kosher poultry is so rich in flavor and salted that it, it just doesn't need as much. To get a really rich poultry taste, you just don't need that much extra seasoning. I'm not one to add dill. Sometimes I will add some chopped parsley, but generally not. And I just cook. What I do is I bring it to a boil, and then I drop it down to a simmer, and I'll cook about two to three hours with the lid on, with maybe a little bit of it adjusted so that the steam can come out. And then I let it cool down, and then I strain it through cheesecloth. Mm. Um, I'll save the flanken, and then I'll serve it to you, Scott, with a little bit of white horseradish on the side. And um, the rest of the veggies, they don't have much flavor left. But, you know, your dad used to eat them. Yeah, yeah, Al, yeah. Al insists okay. upon them. She's she she's very upset if there are no vegetables in her <laughs> in her soup. Yeah, well, you know what you can do is if you really want really fresh flavor for vegetables, you can chop some fresh parsley and celery and carrot and add it back into the soup. And then when you reheat the soup later on, it, it you can 
cook it so that that, that vegetables are soft and serve it that way. Yeah, and the only thing I want to say about turkey is because it has a richer, gamier flavor than uh, the chicken, is that I actually use savory, the herb savory or herb de Provence to, to season my yeah, I like turkey savory. soup. I like savory. Yeah. I, and then I, I just, after I strain it, and I bought this really cool tool that takes some of the fat off. The best thing is to make it Friday, put it in the refrigerator overnight, and somehow put it into an you know one of your slow cookers that you use, Scott, mm-hmm. and take the fat off in the morning. But if you can't do that, there's ways to kind of skim as much fat off the top as possible. There won't be a lot since the turkey carcass as opposed to a full turkey mm-hmm. or chicken. Mm-hmm. And then salt it to taste. Amazing. But give it a little time or settle down before you add the salt. Yeah. Uh, you know, soups need to come together. It's true for soups and true for, sauce, for sauces too. You know, the flavor needs to build over time. So sometimes you got to let your soup sit for a bit. Sit a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what, that's what you all like. It is true. Mom, do you want to share your favorite rule about cooking? What makes a person a good cook? What makes a good person a good cook is liking to cook. I mean, anybody I mean. can talk recipe if you love to cook you enjoy yourself in the kitchen you will be a good cook it's true i'm uh, uh i'm here to testify you are there <laughs> <laughs> i'm also here to testify it sounds like a great rule it's good stuff good stuff all right thanks mom we're gonna make You're you welcome. famous Bob within a good. very small niche community okay <laughs> thank you love you love you too All right. Well, I enjoyed that. I don't know about you, Basia. I did. Especially, I love the flanken piece. And I remember when um, Sajja and I came to visit your family a few weeks ago when we did oh, services. Oh, we, made. Mm. we brought we brought grow and behold flanken to your house. That's the best stuff. I mean, naf naf hana stuff. By the way, just so people know, everyone was COVID tested before coming. <laughs> um, but uh, that was we definitely love to cook that, and I think love to eat it even more. Um, let's get back to some music, everyone. This is Deborah Saxman's Makom Bina.
so beautiful. Um, this melody was running through my head and Rabbi Scott's head for the last few weeks. And so we actually sung it for the community prayer this past Shabbat, and we threaded it through the entire Shachrit. Um, it was really beautiful. 
Um, and I'm thinking about the word makom and place and the divine. And I think I'm, I'm yeah, that just sort of happened. It just showed, it showed up in our, it showed up today, like in three, four different places. I don't think that was intentional. I think it was so planned. We wanted them to think <laughs> that we're so brilliant. <laughs> we wrote all these songs that had the name. Come on. We thought of all of this in advance. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Macomb and Place, I think that um, one of the amazing things about Jacob's journey from his home and the next week's Parsha, his journey back to his home, is that there are two places where he encounters God in wonder. Right, he begins in wonder and he ends in wonder. This, the his dream of the Jacob's ladder, and then his encounter with the angel, with whom he wrestles, where he gets the name Israel at the end of it. Like that's the beginning and end of this particular journey, and it's so resonant, so visual, as as Kamenetz was saying, so powerful, and so much in the Jewish psyche. Exactly, and I think um, there's a an artist that I really, really love that I actually grew up with, at least when I was in college, that really influenced my way of songwriting and thinking about songs. And she takes this story of Jacob wrestling with the angel, and she wrote a song called Jacob and the Angel, and it's Suzanne Vega. And so let's listen to that song. came to Jacob The room began to blow Jacob asked the angel Are you friend or are you foe? Has got horns and feathers. 
All right, so we should make brachas? Yeah, I think, I don't know, some of you are going to be listening on Friday as Shabbat is coming in. Some of you are listening on Shabbat day when Shabbat is already here. Some of you might be listening on Sunday when you actually have a moment and Shabbos is over. But either way, blessings are really always welcome. So please join us. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav Ditsivanu l'hadlik ne'er shel Shabbat Amen. Grab a cup. Fill it up with wine or grape juice. Seltzer. Seltzer. I mean, if you're not using the seltzer for the matzo balls, then use it for the kiddush. kiddush. (laughs) Grab a cup, fill it up with wine or with grape juice and especially blessings. Lift it up with us. Hold it in your hand, fingers together as we should all be unified in our hearts and our souls. And here's the blessing over kiddush. Baruch atadunai Eloheinu melech haolam. Borei priyagafen. Amen. Baruch atadonai Eloheinu melech haolam. Asher kiddishanu b'mitzvotav eratzavanu. Bishabbat kodesho be'avav ratzon inchilanu. Zikaron lemaaseh v'reishit. Ki hu yom techila lemikrae kodesh. Zecher letziyad mitraim. Ki vanu v'acharta. Yotanu kidashta mikol haamim, Yishabat kochecha, Beahava uvratzon hinchaltanu, Baruchata Adonai, Mekadesh hashabat. Amen. Baruchata Adonai, Eloheinu ruachalam. Hamoti lechem in haaretz. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. And I think we're going to leave you with a little lechadodi that you could dance to in your own home. Um, and imagine in your mind the sense of dancing together. Just picture it, uh, holding hands one after another in a chain of connectedness and joy and celebration of Shabbat as we leave you with lechadodi.